We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March has arrived and we are only weeks away from that big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting March 15th. That's right, I said $100,000 and March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action, and with multiple entries available, it's the season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and the XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, Bet Online is a place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign-up bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we will be discussing professional esports organizations. Just a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, as all of the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Andrew, Andrew Kendo Fiori, the general manager of Uprising Academy and president of Dramatic GG. Uprising Academy is the academy team for Overwatch League franchise Boston Uprising, who's owned by Robert Kraft and his Kraft Group, who's the owner of the Patriots. Andrew handles the day-to-day operations of the team, including directly reporting to the Kraft Ownership Group. The Uprising Academy competes in the Overwatch Contenders League. Andrew, thanks for joining us. What's up, Jess? What's up, buddy? How's it going? I'm great. I'm glad that we were able to connect. I know that you're a busy, busy man over there in Boston. Well, yeah, it's, things are starting to, to pick up a little bit, as uh, as Jim Ross used to say. Was it Jim <laughs> Ross that used to say that? The business is about to pick up. Or maybe it was Vince McMahon. But yeah, it, it's the... Uh, my uh, 
my, my side of the job is starting to wind out, which is the visa paperwork that we discussed earlier <laughs> and the off season and the scouting and the, all that stuff. And now we're finally starting to get into actual play, which starts next week, believe it or not, for the for the Uprising Academy. Awesome. So, you know, to briefly introduce the topic, as we've really kind of explored prior is, you know, organizations and teams, they sign players to compete on behalf of them, whether it's in tournaments or franchise leagues like, you know, this one does. You know, they make money from a variety of ways. Primarily, a lot of it's from sponsorships. You know, there's tournament and prize winnings, league winnings. You know, then you have merchandise, whether it's physical merchandise like hats and T-shirts featuring the team or their logo or digital in-game assets like weapons or skins or decals or really any of these customizable things. Then you have potential for live streaming revenue, you know, for when you're on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Mixer, any of these platforms. So the organization that Andrew works for competes in the Overwatch Contenders League. So what this is is this is essentially kind of like a minor league system for the established Overwatch league with their franchises this team actually competes on behalf of the organization and is a nice pipeline to develop young talent and you know really adds as they say you know a path to the pros now that we know a little bit more about you know professional orgs andrew tell us a little about your previous esports experience yeah so um so i created um uh <laughs> it's funny right it's it's supposed to be what an hour long. I think this might go for three and a half hours if we're lucky. Hmm. Uh, um, so basically, we started out as Esports Boston um, because I wanted my to name my org because uh, I'm a Boston sports fan. So I wanted to have have it um, be named after Boston or something like that. Um, and so I just named it Esports Boston. Mm-hmm. And then um, <laughs> under the uh, guidance of you with it and correctly so uh recommended that i not use that name <laughs> when it comes to competitive teams because uh some of might not like it hmm. including the boston uprising it's not that novel it's a hard thing yeah to really yeah yeah mind. yeah it really is right so um which actually which actually is directly related to how i got the uprising academy team um so but, but anyway so that was about three years ago yeah it's about three years ago almost to the day hmm. um where i created uh esports boston um you know, I, I, I'm a sports fan. Um, you know, I just don't have the same amount of money as Bob Kraft or you know, uh, John. Uh, you know, John. Uh, you know, Tom Henry or John Henry. Sorry, uh, mm-hmm. a little sleep. Um, or you know, the Bruins ownership or the Celtics ownership. So I can't go out and like buy a team. Uh, so I decided to create my own in esports and uh, started off with a silver and gold <laughs> League of Legends team. Uh, I didn't really win anything, um, but I still talk to all of them to this day, which was three, you know, three years ago. So they're a really good bunch. Uh, they've all moved on to other things, obviously, but uh, mm-hmm. really good group. Uh, then we got into FGC. Um, you know, we have Aaron uh, Redblade, who's the number one Eunice player in North America. Um, he's the only one to actually defeat it. I believe he still is to say the first uh, North American player to defeat a Japanese player on North American soil ever um, in the world ever. of the video games. And Eunice, yeah, in his game, Eunice, yeah, he's uh, it's it's funny. He's the uh, I, I like him because he's the uh, he's, he's he's he plays the heel because he plays a character that no one else likes, um, and and everything. He's just really so. good with it. <laughs> He's just good. It's 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 you know, and some of the Smash players will tell you too. It's like yeah, there are matchups, but it's all about like being really good with. Who, who you're playing with and or the character that you like to play and having fun um stuff like that 
Um, so we have around five um, FGC players and um, a League of Legends team. Uh, we died in other games, but, um, you know, we, were st- we started to spread ourselves too thin a little bit. Um, so we just decided to stick with League because I, I love League. Uh, it's, the, it's my favorite esport to watch um, in terms of, you know, yeah, I think it's my favorite esport to watch. Um, I love Overwatch. Later spoiler questions. So yep. spoiler for the uh, viewers, uh, uh, favorite uh, game to uh, watch, uh, League of Legends. I'll rank them later for you. I'll rank them later. Um, which I might actually contradict myself because I still think CSGO is probably the best spectator esport. But um, but anyway, um, and so then, yeah, so then eventually, uh, actually, not so much a year ago, a um, little more than a year ago, um, there was an organization that uh, was previously operating and running the Uprising Academy team under uh, a different org and uh that and it was similar name to esports boston it was toronto esports mm-hmm. and um if you read the the articles basically what happened was that toronto who uh you know toronto then got an overwatch franchise mm-hmm. um and what ended up happening is that they gave toronto esports a cease and desist from using the name toronto esports and then the owner got upset and basically pulled out of overwatch and everything and long story short you know, I contacted uh, Huck and, you know, months later we, you know, we got the contract. So and we're yeah. So it's 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 exciting. So a lot of work, exciting. a lot of work. Yep, that's where we are. We're it's it's a, it's it's very simple, very simple. We're a competitive esports organization. That's what we do. That's what I love. I love the competition. That's that's what drives me. I love it. Um, it's great. Hmm. Awesome. So you kind of told us a little of how you got involved in the academy. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of what's a typical day like? Whew. So right, right now we're on six day six day weeks, uh, one day off. Um, actually, our uh, season starts next week. So uh, contenders kind of change the way that they're doing it to create more uh, fluid competition, I guess you could say, because if you have like the same six teams – uh, six or eight teams competing, you know, the competition gets kind of stale. And then when you're only playing for six weeks, you know, there are two teams that are already eliminated after two weeks. And then your own those, yeah, those games start, th- you know, those teams start throwing or whatever or whatnot. So then what they decided to do was like a, um, was a weekly tournament system where the top four from, but they actually had the seeding tournament. So in, in other words, we, we didn't make top four. So we're actually in trials, mm-hmm. um, which trials used to be a season long, which used to be a, uh, its own little tournament in itself where the top two teams from trials would then make it to the contenders, mm-hmm. uh, because two teams would get, would get, would get regulated. Um, so what they're doing here is that they're having a total of, uh, 12 teams go up. Uh, there's some bye weeks in there, uh, but but nonetheless, the top four teams staying in contenders. The rest get sent down to trials, and then top four from open division they have to earn their to, way back in. We're in there, yeah. So 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 so, so then there's a the third element, which is uh, open, which is basically I would equate that to single A in this in this case, right? Mm-hmm. So then, the top four teams there get up. And then so those teams theoretically could have the chance to go all the way up to contender. So imagine like the whole relegation promotion that you have in European soccer. Imagine having that on a weekly basis, basically. Um, Yep. So so that's what they're doing. And and I like it. Um, It kind of keeps everything a little fresh. Um, Of course, that much like British soccer or the European soccer, like it's very top heavy. 
in terms of talent. So, you know, you might see the same four to five teams, always you know, winning. kind of always winning usually. And then there's the ones in the middle and then there's the ones at the bottom. But um, they're, they're making it fair. So it's not like the the lowest seed gets to play the number one seed, like the lowest seed gets to play like the number five seed or something okay. like that. So, this, so, so if you're yeah. in the top four, you're going to have to play each other and beat each other. Uh, yeah, so, so, so the top four get like a get like a bye week. They're actually releasing all that, I think today because they're 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 changing some things. So that was the old thing. So we're gonna, you know, who knows what we're gonna have to do? Uh, all, all we know is that we have to show up next week to play Overwatch. Okay, that's all well, we know. <laughs> you know, I I think it's very interesting that they're kind of doing this. What's kind of your thoughts on the previous format compared to this one? Um, you know, I mean internally, I. I, it's not that I, not that I don't care. I just, just tell me when the games are. We'll show up. We'll be there. You Does know? it kind of we change play? your strategic the way you, you kind of pick teams and players? Like, think okay, like we maybe need to take a chance on someone who maybe isn't a season but has a higher upside because we need to stay at the top. Or do you look for like steady guys that you know or they're going to perform always at this certain level? So that's a really good question. So, um, and it's probably going to dive into. Uh, the spider web of what is contenders and what's the purpose of them and what's the purpose of academy teams and everything. So um, the philosophy internally is that we want to get the best talent available that has the most owl potential um, within a certain time frame, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it's six months or one year, you know, 18 months, you know, it just depends. It, it varies on the player. Um, you know, for example, you know, we do, you know, our, our backup main tank is now 14 years old. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he's got some ways to go, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, you know, actually legally he can't play, uh, in the overwatch league until he's 18. So he's, he's got, got some five, five years. Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's got a ways to go. Um, maybe in time for overwatch three, who knows? <laughs> um, no, but, uh, but I'll, I'll seriousness, you know, we, it doesn't really change our approach. Um, it's just that, you know, we tend to have a shorter leash when it comes to players than non-academy teams. Um, because we, you know, we're, we're like, okay, well, you know, if this person has potential or doesn't have potential and if he doesn't, I mean, you know, unfortunately we, you know, we have to move on. It's nothing personal, it's just business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, you know, are we, we have a good uh, coaching staff, um, you know, we talk to Huck on a regular basis about it. Uh, his the main team's coaching staff is very much involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, was very much involved in the selection process, and there are conversations that we have on a weekly basis in terms of you know what's going on. And um, right now, the dynamic is a bit difficult because of the fact that um, we are waiting for visas, so we have one player currently here. Uh, the other five, um, I mean, our backup main tank, cause you know, I've watched the six. So mm-hmm. our backup main tank is here. He's in, uh, he's not here at the house. He's in, uh, he lives in, uh, uh, West, Western, uh, part of the country. Um, the other five are in Europe. So we have, we have, uh, one in Italy, one in Portugal, uh, two in the Netherlands and, oh gosh, there's one more. Oh yeah. One in Dubai. Oh, we have wow. one in Dubai. So we're all over the map. All over the map. So for those of you who are gamers and online gamers, ping does come come into play, especially when you're pay, playing on North American servers. Yeah, from so, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah, and and it's just you know everyone's infrastructure when it comes to internet is different. Not everyone has FiOS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, no one, not everyone has fiber optics. So you know, we we kind of have to deal with that. 
Um, so it's it is what it is. So hopefully we get that visa situation. Um, so we we're very confident in, in this team. Um, we've seen some flashes. Um, we definitely have a long way to go. Uh, some of them have a long way to go to get into Owl, but you know that's why we made what we have. So. Mm-hmm. Those of you who, you know, who may not know, you know, the the Boston Uprising, they built a, a facility. So, um, yes, they you know, we, I, we have a gamer house. I'm in the gamer house uh, for the academy. Um, the main team also has a house, but they also have a their own training facility, which I which is very popular in Korea. I know because like Gen G has one. Um, I know here in, in the States, I know Liquid has one. Um, I, I think Phase, yeah, they just Phase has one, too. Um, so. Uh, I like that because it kind of teaches. I mean, you, I mean, you and I know we grew up. You know, you have to get up to get to work, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So, so it's a, it's a good dynamic to kind of teach responsibility and stuff like that. And plus, like you know, you're in work mode. You're 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 here to work. You know, you're here to to practice and to play. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're waking up, you know, it's going in your on bedroom, the computer, it's not and in your bed in your feety pajamas. It's not going to have the same feel. So, you know, it, it's it's really good. So, so, you know, so we practice upstairs. They practice downstairs. We interact all the time. We um, you know, you know, we, we discuss all the time. We're always interacting and stuff like that. So do you um, scrim against the main team a lot or uh, we do yeah, yes. versus varsity. Yep. Yep. So uh, so, so we act as their uh, um, warm up squad uh, for, uh, you know, before their official games. So okay. we're always there to warm them up um you know a because it's internal so like you know we're not like leaking any last minute strats or anything else like that but b you know we're available like hey can you do it yeah we will yeah it's like part of what you're doing for them and it's great for the guys because they get to play against these guys when they're in the zone yep yep And, and then um you know once a once a week you know we'll probably scrim the main team um you know usually because you know they have uh four backups i'm sorry three back my math they, they have three backups so sometimes they'll use their backup along with us and stuff like that so okay, you know cool. to kind of keep everyone fresh so you know we do practice uh with them on you know at least uh once a week so that kind of guess goes into my my next question is you know what do you kind of see the organizational benefits of having you know this contenders team you know most teams don't have it you know a few of them do and you know, it, it sounds like there's a lot of unique benefits from it. Money? <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, um, yeah, but if you're investing in a practice squad or trying to do other teams, like you said, like being able to practice your plays, being able to kind of push, you know, have people that are pushing for these spots and everything's really internally and you don't have to worry about, you know, who's loyal to what, you know, yeah. there's a benefit there. Yeah, there is a benefit. Um, I mean, for me, I mean, just personally... Boston sports fan, I get to work for, for the craft group. You know, that's a benefit all in itself. So anytime they need help, I'll be more than willing to give it. Well, I'm saying, <laughs> you, like know? That, you so know, if you're an Overwatch League team and it's like, yep. I'm trying to decide, do I want an academy or contenders team? Is it worth, you know, picking up one of these teams that maybe is surging up the ranks and coming from open in making a splash? Does it? Yes. Yes. So, so, so that's a good question. So in terms of, you know, should OWL teams be looking at teams, I think. Yes. You know, I, I, I mean, if, if anything, uh, which so. So here's the thing. So, so I, I think that the, the purpose of the academy team has one purpose and one purpose only, and that's to grow talent and to develop talent. That's it. That's all it's there for. Mm-hmm. Um, it shouldn't be there as an additional revenue stream for owl teams because, 
you know, there's very little money to be made in contenders. So it's not like contenders is going to offset any costs for a player, barely a player, maybe, maybe, maybe not even a, a day salary for a player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so if, if anything, the cost benefit is the saving time and saving money on 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 developing talent and stuff like that. You know, uh, I'm not going to get internally in terms of, you know, what we specifically do, like in terms of like what we offer um, outside of like the, you know, the academy, the the gamer house and the facility mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which is a differentiator. Um, but I think long-term that a lot of, uh, teams should have academy teams. Uh, and if anything, because Overwatch rosters are allowed 10 players, uh, they should look at it as an 11th player that you're investing in that hopefully will turn into something down the road. One of them will hopefully become to your roster. Yeah. One, two, three, maybe some, maybe, you know, and as we know, you know, like there's a prospect that someone likes, you know, then there's trades. You don't know what the 14-year-old is going to be like in five years. Who knows if he wants to play in five years? Exactly. So, so it's it's worth kind of t- taking a uh, taking a stab at that, um, just because of the because here's the thing. It's like there's really nothing else to go by, which is unique from other sports. Is that like there's no, you know, little league, then yeah, big no league, there's nothing like that. There's no there's no way to develop them, uh, you know, because some of them really don't start playing until they're well they're allowed to get a computer. Yeah, so like they're 12 14. years old. Or yeah, exactly. Right. So, uh, but, but what they don't get is the, is the, uh, the team aspect that, you know, the team dynamic, which is the communication Interacting which with is, them and not toxicity, not, you know, so the 14 yep. year old who, you know, is coming in and not doing as well as he should mm-hmm. is, a, is a loose cannon to say the least. Yep. And, and the thing is that when you're playing, especially a game like Overwatch, which it's very much it's not so much a first person shooter as it is like a MOBA, like a League of Legends, because everyone kind of has their own their own unique ability. Yeah. So it's not about like getting all the kills. It's about setting up the position. It's about zoning. So it's about your that different abilities properly. to get to the point to, for the overall good of the world. Right. And yeah. stuff like that. So so it's it's a bit different. Um, so not everyone. That's why there's like a, a main tank shortage, I guess you could say, because not a lot because it's not like the sexiest of all positions. You're holding a shield. Uh-huh. You know, basically, for the most part, um, you yeah, know, there's you're some like an other... offensive lineman, right? Exactly. But we all know how we all know that you don't have a good you know? left tackle. You, that left tackle position. <laughs> if you're a good left tackle, it's like being a left handed pitcher. It's like right. you're it's like you're we all have know the left tackles that are just legendary. Most people can't name anyone else on centers, but you can rattle off left tackles. The Walter yep. Jones, Jonathan Ogden's, yep. the Bricks, like these pace, guys. right? Yeah, Orlando Orlando pace. pace, exactly. Orlando pace. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's uh, so it's so th- th- that's the purpose of it. Um, you know, there are some orgs that that, that drop their team. Obviously, they, they won't say why they're saying they're, you know, rethinking their strategy, which yeah. basically means that they Money. probably overspent. They probably overspent, you know, like and I think that's where, you know, you know, as you know, I mean, it's a player's market. Absolutely a player's market. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So there are some, you know, orgs out there that unfortunately don't know what they're doing or. I don't have the best business sense. So they're just like, well, this guy wants X and X amount of dollars. We should probably give it to them, you know? So you give it to six people and then, you know, you're waiting for a return, but like, you know, the it's on their website. I mean, there's really not a lot of money to be made for contenders, but the whole idea of it is to, is to develop talent. And it's different from minor league baseball because minor league baseball teams do make money. Mm-hmm. Um, just not as much as, as, as major league baseball, but they do because they sell tickets, they sell yeah, tickets, they, they have, have concessions, they sell exactly. beer, 
they, they sell t-shirts, they sell this. I mean, $10 tickets, it's for the family, all that stuff. We're yeah, in Overwatch contenders. You know? camp, we always went to the Catskill Cougars. Like, yeah, yeah. And like, I don't and even know what they're playing. It's exactly yeah. fun. Yeah. It's something to yeah. do in the summer. Like, you go and you have, like, you have real food, not camp food. Like, it's, yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah, um, and there are some, and there are some uh, you know, minor league baseball teams that basically are the community, you know, and, and that do very well. So, this, so the, the, it's a bit different in terms of, you know, um, you know, main teams like being able to recoup some of the cost because it's really not there. So it de- all depends on what their vision is. And, you know, I was talking with Hakaba and he just says, you know, we do value and he always talks about he values the the um, the contenders, the the academy team. Uh, no team has promoted more players than the Boston Uprising Academy, uh, you know, for the past few years. So, uh, you know, and we, and we have some really strong players this year as well. They were really hopeful for. So a lot of it really kind of comes down to how well you are at scouting talent. You know, and, and that's a lot of two work. Two or three years, mm-hmm. you know, like, and they, they don't pan out. Like that's just two, three years that you could have been spending on someone else, resources, yep. time. So, yep. you know, it seems. And, and, and what they're thinking is, you know, again, I don't know what they're thinking, you know, but for me, like if you have six players and you can bring up two, you know, or three, if you can bring up half of them, you know, or maybe some, or maybe you turn one into an owl player via trade or something like that, then, you know, you, you're kind of doing your job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of work in the scouting. I mean, I remember, you know, building this squad with our coach and the uh, uprising coaches. I mean, we were scouting at 2.30 in the morning. You know, we were scouting Korea. We were running okay. uh, trials in Korea, uh, China, um, uh, you know, South America, Europe, here, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, we were we were all over the place. You know, we were all over the place. And, you know, and Huck is good at finding, you know, talent. You know, uh, Mufin, our new off-tank, was just a ladder player uh, from Canada. Mm-hmm. And he's he's probably going to be the face of Overwatch League. You know, he's such a good kid. Such a good kid. Nice. So, you know, kind of a few more questions to kind of tie it all in. Yep. Um, so what's it kind of like working with, you know, such a sports business powerhouse like, you know, the craft group and, you know, that whole complex that they have? Um, so so it's a good question. So so it's like, you know, someone asked me, like, what's it like going to work looking at, you know, Gillette Stadium all the time? I'm like, it's pretty good. You know, kind of want to run out in the field, you know, but they won't let me. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, it, it's fun. It's fun. It's I mean, it's still it's work. You know, it's work. You know, I go there and, you know, we you know, we basically get there around 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and then we leave around seven usually. So um, between, you know, video reviews, scrims, uh, one-on-one meetings, you know, uh, lunch, we do feed them, which is good. You know? Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Food is important. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty busy. It's busy. And the, you know, and the, and the main team, you know, follows the similar schedule. Sometimes they're there until eight. Sometimes we're there until eight. So we don't leave until like eight thirty nine o'clock. Uh, it's a lot of work. It's 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 a it's a lot of work. It's it's not a you know it's not like we're all there playing you know Overwatch and video games all day. You know it's 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 work. You know of course my role is different from from the coaching and the players, but you know they uh, it's a lot of work there. So what's your favorite part of the job? I mean, it sounds like you love it. What's you know? I, I just love watching the games. Mm-hmm. I, I I love watching the games. It, it, it's the best part. Um, it's just just watching them play, you know. I get those same anxieties like when I watch the Patriots or Red Sox or Celtics or Bruins. You're so play. invested in the outcome. Same thing, yeah. It's the, you know, the same words come out, you know, both good <laughs> and bad. 
tearing up during the appropriate times. That's funny. Um, you know, and, you know, but, you know, and the worst part of the job is, you know, having to let someone go. It still yeah. sucks to this day. It, it, it's, it's, it's the worst thing. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those things that as you do it more, you just kind of learn that's part of it. It's, yeah. It doesn't make you feel any better, but you know what's part of it. So, but it still sucks. It yeah, still sucks. I feel that. Um, so, yeah, so I guess, are there any existing rivalries within Contenders League? I know we have our little New York Boston going on. Is anything like that? Uh, nothing yet. So, so New York has taken a hiatus this year uh, with, with their Contenders team. So, um, there are a lot of strong teams. Uh, Envy is a very strong Contenders team. Atlanta has a very strong Contenders team. Uh, Sky, uh, Sky, Sky Fox is. Um, had a very good um, had, had a very good preseason in, in various tournaments and stuff like that. So they they're, they're pretty strong, um, and, and I believe we're going to be pretty strong too. Uh, Triumph is also good in terms of um, in terms of rivalries. There is not really a lot of rivalries, um, but there's usually like you know player on player banter, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, they Guys usually want to beat each other. Yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. And there's some banter that I get to read in the old old chat, which is actually pretty funny. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, but in terms of rivalries, I, th- I think usually team. To, I mean, the teams to beat this year are more than likely going to be, you know, Envy and Atlanta again. Okay. You know, they're both very strong. So, yeah, so I like to kind of end each interview with my three questions. So, yeah. you know, what's your favorite game to watch? I know you mentioned it earlier, but yeah. All right, so um, so if I'm going to rank them. Um, so, it's, so the thing about Overwatch is that um, so uh, hey, can you still hear me? Sorry, yeah, my, my computer my computer's zonked out. Um, so uh, the, the thing about Overwatch is that you really can't appreciate it unless you actually know what you know if you play it yourself. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So I can understand how that could be kind of you know hard to, to watch for some. So I, this isn't to say that I don't enjoy watching Overwatch. I'm I'm t- talking from the from afar a third person third person view what do i find to be exciting so if i can contradict myself which i usually do uh number one absolutely 100 percent is csgo it's not even close csgo is the far away the best one to watch it's got you know even if you don't know how the game is supposed to be played when you watch it being played you get the idea mm-hmm. of what they're supposed to do there's the counter-terrorists and the terrorists supposed to kill right them. and they're supposed to kill each other but usually they kill each other you know very rarely very rarely that a that a plant actually gets planted and disarmed you know but but it's it, but you know but when you're watching it from their point of view you can see those tense moments because from the visual you can see the outline of both players so you can see oh this person's speaking this person's speaking or he goes this way but this guy's coming around it's like yeah, oh is he gonna find him is he gonna find him and and then if you ever watch it and i always like to say if you want like a nice exciting match to watch it's the um it's the boston major which was cloud nine versus phase I remember, if I remember correctly, it was Phase and Cloud Nine. It was one of the best ever played, and you see like one v threes, stuff like that. It's it, and it all happens pretty quick. Um, Rainbow Six is getting up there. Rainbow Six is a little more complex because you have you know you can make holes in walls and ceilings and floors, which is always fun when you're playing because <laughs> you're just minding your own business, walking down a hallway, and someone shoots you because you made a hole in the in, in, in the floor. That's always fun. Um, so, so number one, I would say CS:GO. Um, number two, I, I I do like watching uh, League, um, and the reason why it's like it's like a story, it's like a chess match. Um, again, like you don't have to be like a 
as a super nerd to be able to enjoy the game. You know what I mean? Like, like it's got its tense moments. There are like those, those cluster team fights of, Oh my God, all this stuff is going on, but there's a lot of strategy involved with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, but also overwatch as well. I would put overwatch number three because of the fact that it's fast, it's colorful. It's, it's, it's very pleasing to the eye. Um, you know, once you get the, the idea of how it's supposed to be played, you can appreciate it um, even more. And there are tense moments, like, you know, if you're playing King of the Hill, um, you know, there's, you know, one's at 99%, the other person's at 99%, they're fighting for that last 1% and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a wild card, uh, number four, because I have been watching a lot of it, which is I do enjoy watching Call of Duty. Uh, I do like it. I, it, it for me, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, there's so much esports on that. I can only really only pick one, unfortunately, because the DVR gets so full. I, I, I can't can't even bother with it, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, but Call of Duty is pretty exciting to watch. Um, you know, it's because they have their King of the Hills and their control maps and domination, and they also have their own little you know um, search and destroy, which is very similar to like CS:GO. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's your favorite game to play? Uh I mean, I guess by hours wise, it's it's Overwatch. <laughs> it's Overwatch. I, I do play. I, 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 for me, it's it's only because the, the thing is this is that with Overwatch, you're playing a match. Usually, it's over within 15 minutes, right? Um, maybe 20, sometimes five. You know, if you're playing non-comp, you know, if you're playing competitive, it's probably like 20 minutes. But if you're playing League of Legends. Right. Those matches can go on for like 45 minutes and you're and you're stuck. You're waterboarded for 45 minutes. You know, if you're on the losing end of that. So those you can always forfeit. But you know what I mean? It's it's very much like a like when you play League of Legends and you lose. Most people are like I like like did I just waste my time. Like I want to get those 25 minutes back. But like in Overwatch, like, you know, what? I could have done this better. Could have done that better. Let's go play it again. And I think even. um I think even uh, I think it was Shroud in one of his streams. He was just like, like, and this is just him. Like I find it fun. He's just like, I don't find the game fun, but I can't stop playing it. You know, okay, um, yeah, that's a good but, but you just you don't know why you're playing, but you just want to play it. Yeah, I, I, I do like it. I do enjoy it. Okay. It's it's it, for me. It's a fun game, and, and it's something that like it's good for kids because there's no blood. You know what I mean? There's it's not like you know grand theft auto or counter-strike or anything else like that it's you know it, it's a nice little entry game because there's it's well represented um you know with uh with both me uh female and and male characters and it's pretty easy and it's got and honestly the fan base is is awesome like the tickets have been selling pretty decent uh there's been good views um you know and it's and it's funny like when people go to these overwatch uh league games mm-hmm. uh they're actually there just to watch the game being played because they enjoy watching it being played at a high level mm-hmm. um and people like oh they like and, and it's true like so there, there are fans that don't actually have a specific team that they like mm-hmm. they have specific players that they like and they actually root for those teams so maybe it's kind of like the nba Right. So people, you know, for those who don't, you know, didn't grow up with a team or around a home team or whatnot, they're like, OK, you know, what? I'm a Kevin Durant fan. Yeah. Or, or if they were Knicks fans, God bless them. You know, <laughs> um, you know, it, but it's like, you know, if it's like, you know, I, I didn't really have a fair team, but I like Kevin Garnett. I like Steph Curry. Yeah, exactly. Like Kobe. Yeah, I love Kobe. So, like, I like everybody. Um, okay. But yeah. So my last question is, so what's your favorite video game character? You know, Mario, Luigi. Ooh, I know this is a good one. Ooh, wow. Now the thing is that, like, I did not know these questions went in unless you wrote them down. No, no, these are mine. No, they, these are surprise questions. So, oh uh, man, ah, uh, my favorite character. 
Um, you know, it's got to be Link. Okay. From Zelda. I mean, if there's a, we're talking about a character, and I would say franchise overall. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Zelda fan. Yeah, okay. The only reason why Time I'm, was one of my favorite games ever. Only reason why I bought the Switch was was to play Zelda. You know, um, was the new one, which is awesome. Uh, but in terms of a wild card, like, but I would say like my favorite franchise is probably Zelda. But my second favorite franchise of all time is absolutely Final Fantasy, which you can tell from up here. I have hey, all the Final Fantasy things up here. Oh. Um, but it, but yeah, between Zelda, but, but absolutely Link. I would say Link. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Andrew. This is very insightful. Thanks everybody again for tuning in. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J E S Q, and check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes. Have a great night. Yeah.